Hi, it's Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, and uh, you know what? I always say thank you right about here, but I want to say I do appreciate when you listen to uh, local issues, local matters, you know, all that stuff that matters. Uh, today we have a good friend of mine. And, Slow down. Uh, no, he, he is. Friend? He is. I... Well, he, you know, he's he's off the beaten path at times, but, you know, sometimes we corral him and bring him back. Wow. So Scott Lanigan, chair of the Central Okanagan Journey Home Society, welcome to the big show. Hey, it's becoming a bigger show, Rick. So I'm, you, you know, know I'm kind of humbled to be on this. Most one. of my relatives and yeah. uh, extended family are now listening, which is huge. Which ten, is ten bucks goes a long way with my no, family. No, and I understand that. And it's like I, when I come on, let, let's be honest, <laughs> I, I come ob- obliterate the market with gift cards. So you you uh, you have this this rather weighty role which is the uh, the chair, and how long have you held that position? Because it, it seems like a big position. It is a big position. It's one that has morphed over the years, and I say that respectfully, meaning, you know, we went from the early discovery phase of developing the plan, which I was part of, called the task force, and then we kind of went into this transitionary period as we were developing the Central Okanagan Journey Home Society, and then we went to go through the whole governance process, et cetera. So it's really had a lot of different... Uh, kind of versions, and then until we got to the first chair was Kylene Myra, Dr. Kylene Myra for Okanagan College. She was wonderful, learned a lot from her, and then I had the opportunity about three years ago to take on the role as board chair, and uh, presently, actually, the only remaining member from the task force days that's on the board. So it's kind of, uh, that, that I think that, uh, you know, through line of having somebody that's been from the beginning is really important. But now, you know, as we're getting new members and new individuals, it's uh, got some different challenges. But uh, it is a weighty role because the issue of homelessness impacts so many people. So you have this linkage to history, which is great. When did when did Journey Home start, first start to incubate and, and become an idea and then obviously come into the society? So is it eight years ago? Is it 10 years ago? Like how... Give people an idea, perspective. Yeah, it was right around uh, 2017 when the it, now obviously it you know as homelessness has impacted our local community for many many years, there was different uh, attempts made at developing some sort of cohesive plan to respond to homelessness in Kelowna. And that went back uh, you know 10, 15 plus years, and and never really kind of moved forward to a place that everybody collectively from business sector to the health sector or the homelessness sector felt like was it was making a meaningful impact so you know kind of stimulated by the city of Kelowna and the council back in 2017 they said hey we need to have a different approach and so that's when they brought in Dr. Alina Turner who had expertise in Canada as far as working alongside communities to develop a customized program for their environment their particular situations so she was hired to come alongside stakeholders within Kelowna so that represent multiple sectors so that was everything you possibly imagine brought together this task force and led us through the development of that plan now it, it became part of um, I guess the fabric of what we're trying to do which is this cohesiveness uh, attack plan on homelessness um, providing metrics and accountability to council I would imagine yeah that's who you answered to yeah. now um, recently it has uh, come to light that the uh, the, the current mayor and council have have deferred um, this the funding, and maybe just talk a little bit about what that means because I don't think a lot of people I mean, we read the headlines, but we might not 
understand the headline. So what does that mean to Journey Home? Yeah, so a lot of the funding Journey Home has, most of it comes from, you know, there's there's private individuals who will donate towards the, the foundation, pardon me, the society of helping it move forward. Then there's um, funding that, come, that has in previous years come from the city of Kelowna. And then uh, grants, lots of grants federal, federally, provincially that we apply to that have different purposes. Uh, there's research grants that have come from UBCO and OC. There's lots of different places where that comes, particularly around uh, specific um, tasks or goals that the planet has. So for example, one of them is uh, data around data and um, a by names list of really bringing the sector together, uh, gathering the data and making the data consistent and usable for all individuals and sectors. But that, that's like a two and a half year process. So uh, that type of funding comes at a federal level and, and, uh, and then provincially there's some linkages in as well, BC housing, those type of things. So that's why, you know, it's not just a simple, oh, Kelowna respond to homelessness. You know, it has broad reach and is complicated by m- numerous factors and where the funding comes from and how you navigate through that funding. But each funding grant then, as most would know that listener have ever applied for one, you have certain protocols you need to match. There's certain things. You're that marking. Happen. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so one of those funding uh, bodies, the federal one, had come through uh, the Central Okanagan Foundation, who's the receiver of those fundings, who then distributed it to Journey Home. And it was for a grant that had a specific time frame. And uh, as that uh, was being met, there was a realization from the federal government that the time frame had to expand. And so they offered some more funding. But the only way that funding could be received was a sign-off by the city of Kelowna. And uh, that's what happened there at that meeting. It was already funding. It wasn't the city's funding. It was federal funding. It had already been granted. Uh, We were already doing the work. Uh, We have some individuals as part of Journey Home staff. There's three staff, by the way, on Journey Home. And uh, they were working on the project, but they needed the project money extension to continue it going to bring it to completion. And so it, it, it was not public money from our community, it was federal money. And so uh, when it got deferred, it was a bit of a shock because uh, there was no reason for it to be deferred because it was already monies that should have been coming through. And so a week after that, we as a board and our executive director, director Stephanie Gaucher, uh, in, just helped the city understand, the, the, um, the council understand where these funds were coming from. And then the next week, they um, brought it back on the agenda and approved the, the money to go through. So if, if we were to, and, and we love speculating on the Rick and Friends show, uh, if you were to speculate, why do you think it was deferred? Was it based on, is that a, a sign of non-confidence? Like we're not getting quick enough into solving this, this homelessness issue in Kelowna? Like uh, to, to, the, to the group, and again, I'm, I'm only speaking yeah. to you, but what, what were your thoughts as a, as a result of that deferral? Yeah, I think coming off an election, there was uh, platforms that certain you know individuals hold, and uh, you know one of the key factors, as we all know, leading up to the last election was homelessness. It's it's just an issue that uh, many individuals um, from the business sector, downtown especially, larger community, you know, uh, perhaps those that have uh, a uh, center or a warming center or a shelter or uh, a recovery center that's been in their 
community have feelings towards and so it, it become uh, kind of the tipping point I think in this last election and and people take certain stances around homelessness to kind of garner public support and and I think there is some tension uh, around homelessness always just for all sorts of reasons and I think in our community it's very tactile when you you know for some business owners owners I've spoken to you know the same individuals going to the washroom in the back alley behind their business for the last two years you know and it's like Okay, I want this to, to stop. It's not that they don't care about the individual. It's just that it's frustrating and everybody gets that. And so it just elevates. And I think there was a lack of awareness on the board, uh, on the council's um, uh, platforms of understanding some of what's already in place versus how they may want to change or evolve in the future. And so that was one of those moments where it's just brand new. You know, uh, I'll give you a mulligan on this one because you didn't know. But moving forward, I do think, uh, you know, this present council does have a big task. Do they actually align with Journey Home? Do they align with with what's been going on? Do they realize the complexity of of a backbone organization trying to align different sectors, different individuals, different organizations, and realize, you know, um, and, and our community, I think, needs to realize, you know, we, we also had COVID in the middle of that. And and everybody's plans that they had or things that were moving forward just did a heavy pause, right? And it was almost like we we're in a time warp. And and when that happens, you never mind are those individuals that might have a house or, you know, two incomes, a couple kids, how much their lives went on pause. Just imagine the homelessness community. Just imagine those people trying to facilitate for the homeless sector, how that caused such chaos in that environment. And I was pretty proud of our not only our, our, our previous council and, and city staff, but also the homeless sector of how we responded in that time. And so I think there's lots of learnings, but it will be interesting moving forward how the new council mayor uh, respond to what's been going on. Because when I look at this from just uh, the election cycle, a lot of them, and, and I'm just speaking to to the new council, perhaps, and, and new mayor, they, they just wanted to distance themselves, I think, from, okay, we're, we're a new breath of fresh air, we're going to look at things differently, we're going to have a new perspective, and, and we're going to have new, fresh, innovative ideas. Journey Home was a past idea, it had its time, but yeah. now we want to look at things differently, and that... And, and when I think of that, I, I mean, I can understand the direction in the, in the sense of, okay, well, from all intents and purposes, we don't think we're getting the results we need, so we're going to change that. But in, in a, if you were to remove Journey Home, so just take it out of off, who else fulfills that role of quarterbacking homelessness in Kelowna? Is that, is that Canadian Mental Health? Is that... Like, you know, because for some people, they're not exactly sure of the intricate workings of Journey Home. And how does that relate to to getting us closer to net zero or functional zero when it comes to homelessness? Yeah. And, and Rick, that's the thing. You know, at, at face value, it's really hard. If you get the snippet from media or if you take, you know, um, like my wife and I were just finishing watching the Harry and uh, Meghan documentary, you know, on Netflix. And you know, you have one perspective when you stare at the screen and, and you listen to what media says to you. And then, you know, you get the backstory. And again, it's a story. It's, there's three sides to every story. Is that great extreme album back in the day was your side, my side, and the truth. And so I get that. And, and so I think as there, you know, as we watch that story and learn some different things about Harry and Meghan, the same with homelessness in our city. You know, like I, if I'm a small business owner, I can be pretty frustrated. If I've got 
you know, I live in a, a community that I've been there for 25 years and now, uh, you know, this organization wants to put a recovery center in my backyard. I, you know, I get those tensions, yet it takes a long-term consistent approach to, to, to being successful in, around homelessness in any community. The backbone is where the gap was before. There was no central point. Like the city or council can't take that on by themselves. It's impossible. It takes multiple individuals and sectors, organizations coming together collectively to move forward. But then you've got funding, you know, and uh, Rick, you might be work for one homeless uh, kind of sector organization. I might work for another. We might do similar things, but we're both applying for funding for the federal government or, or provincial government. Well, now we're, we're fighting for it. If you've got a backbone organization that comes in and says, hey, why don't we be more collaborative in our approach? Well, somebody's going to lose their job potentially. And now there's some more tension. So there's, you know, that's just a small snapshot of the type of things that, you know, community has to pay attention to. And then there's the realities that we got some people that are on the street cold today and then we've got the fact that, hey, how do we develop a collective response to sharing confidential information uh, for the betterment of the individual that is that person that's on the street today? Well, you can't just come up with something immediately. You have to go through protocols and, and you have to write very strong procedures and you have to get agree you know, agreements signed off by organizations to share data. And, you know, you think of the personal information privacy, all those things. So just that alone. So uh, a case in point would be uh, we've been working on this no, uh, by names list, which means that we're able to share data data between organizations or about individuals we're, we're facilitating. Up to that point, and previous to this last kind of six months when it finally came to fruition, before that, we could not talk about individuals. You might have John and I might have John, but I might know John has uh, a wife and uh, lost a job three months ago. You might know John has an addiction to heroin. Uh, because we didn't share, we could be talking about the same Johns. We didn't, we don't know about that. Now we can bring that data together and go, oh, John is married. He's, uh, you know, he lost a job three months ago and he's got a heroin addiction. Now we both can facilitate a much more wraparound approach to that individual. Well, that type of work is necessary to have any sort of tangible and practical result when it comes to helping somebody who's uh, homeless or on the or on the verge of homelessness and help them move towards a path of recovery if you don't have those type of things in place there's no way you're going to solve it so as much as i want that guy out of my backyard or as much as i want to help that guy in my backyard i can't unless we understand who we're dealing with and who's who's helping out so those are the simple things pardon me those are the just the you know one simple example of a complex nature of, of what we're trying to deal with because that was a part of a, a management program I took was you can't manage it if you can't measure it. So you're trying to build this data bank, mm -hmm. database, to go, who are we helping and are there any redundancies in regards to agencies that are helping set individuals? And we're trying to determine, you know, what uh, what sorts of things are they going through and, and do they have schizophrenia and, and are they addicted to opioids and, and, and that sort of thing. So that... It sounds like a fundamental basis for for helping, you know, build a resolution for these people, housing these people. Now, right now, we have a lot of emergency shelters yeah. across the city. Is that under the umbrella of Journey Home? Because I know a lot of people are going, well, I think we're, we're doing a lot better with homelessness. Is it because they're staying in the shelters? You know, it's it's a mixture. It's not because of Journey Home exclusively. There's multiple organizations that have to contribute to a shelter, uh, not not only emergency shelter, but you know, overnight, uh, indoor and outdoor, and then kind of the long term sheltering within a community. And 
And we're, we're, you know, when it comes to winter months or the high extreme hot summer months, uh, there's emergency response that has to happen. I do believe Kelowna has been having a much broader and more holistic approach to helping individuals uh, when it comes to sheltering. So, you know, presently we have um, uh, some emergency shelters. We've got Cornerstone, Richter, Bay Avenue. We've got Kelowna Gospel Mission. For women and children, we've got AG House. We've got Kelowna Women's Shelter. And then for youth, we have OBGC Downtown. So those are those are all uh, kind of presently in our community. Then we also have outdoor sheltering in Kelowna, which is overnight sheltering. That's on Bailey Avenue. And uh, those are temporary shelters. We have groups that are feeding those individuals that are actually uh, out overnight sheltering outside. Uh, then there's a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's hygiene center at Metro Drop-In Center. There's People's Connect. There's uh, Outreach Urban Health. There is... Um, uh, Salvation Army that provides as well as just launched uh, in the last um, uh, couple weeks is we have a warming bus uh, that's got activated on the 16th of of December and that warming bus is going to go outside some of the outdoor sheltering places from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. and it allows people to come inside the bus the bus just stays on and and they can get warm they can be protected inside of that environment they can take they can sleep on that as well but the bus just kind of idles there and keeps them warm and so uh, that's a community effort. That isn't just journey home. That that's a collaborative effort. What's interesting about about that is when you when you think about the amount of effort and resources that that are needed to really house these people. Um, the other side of my brain is, and, and again, these are comments you get as you move through the communities. Probably the same yeah. comments you get as well. If we continue to house them, if we continue to feed them and keep them warm, won't we just attract more of them? And 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 again, I, I'm speaking on behalf of there's that voice in the community, several voices. What basis does that have any merit? Yeah, the first question I would say, it's not an us and them, it's us, you know. And, and we have to start thinking collectively as a community. And that's hard to do because I get it in our world and, and you know, you, 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 there's the message, hey, I, you got to be me, myself, and I. And, and yes, you got to be wise, you got to be intelligent about how you navigate your, your life you got to come up with proper rhythms you got to take care of your family absolutely but we also you know we are so much better it's proven time and time again when we think of the other when we think of that whether it's just your neighbor that you're helping out and and I know many people listening Rick would you know maybe they've already helped out it's Christmas season and you got an old elderly neighbor and you're bringing over a little Christmas dinner or whatever or you're shoveling a walk and people do that behind the scenes all the time and 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 I think sometimes uh, those are the easier things, perhaps, than thinking of the other when somebody's homeless or they or they don't look like me or they, they have a pretty strong odor or, uh, you know, they have an addiction or I have some assumptions about them. And and that becomes a little more difficult. So for me, it, it I've always had to approach it's it's us. It's not them. I'm not pointing a finger. I'm pointing one at them. I'm pointing three back at me. So like I, I have to remember that. And then secondly, uh, you know, it, it it is not a true statement that it just attracts more individuals. Obviously, in different time frames, in different months, you're going to have an influx of individuals because to, people do travel. You know, people will hitch a hitch a ride. Those some some uh, people that choose to 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 live on the street will go kind of across Canada depending on the months and where they want to be. That is true. There are individuals like that. That's not a high percentage, but that is that's that's. Uh, realistic. When it comes to our community, uh, you know, p- 
part of what this by names list helps us is get a real number of what we're actually dealing with long term. And so, uh, you know, we might be counting two people and it's actually only one person, you know. And so I think over the course of the next year, we're going to find out a real number of how many people we're dealing with. And on top of that, whether there's an influx or not, uh, we need to respond to people that are in our community. I don't care who's in our community. Like we don't, you know, if a new family wants to move here, we don't say don't move here. You know, and they go, well, they're contributing. Well, what? Well, yeah, but maybe they get caught. You know, like I, I, you talk to the Okanagan Food Bank, and there's many families in the season that wouldn't be normal users of the food bank, but there's been an influx because, you know, incomes haven't increased as far as inflation's increased. And so there's a number of people that perhaps wouldn't be the, what we would think is a normal candidate for the food bank, but they're actually needing that service. Why? Because the service is there. And, and they're able to take hold of it. And there's people that care. And I think the same with our homelessness response. The service is there because we need it. And, and we don't know who's going to come through the door. We know there's some consistent individuals. And that's where the community response to the RCMP, Interior Health, Wraparound Supports, our PAC team can really make it a proper assessment to get those individuals into a situation where we can help them with wraparound supports. And, and, and that's super important. And that will help reduce that. But as well... We need to have those places available in our community because we just don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of like, a, you know, when there's floods or fires up northern, we respond. Why? Because that's what a community does. You respond. You help people out. And, and I don't see this as any different. We're going to be back with more uh, Scott Lanigan, but uh, let's pay some bills. We have uh, D6 Print Studio, large format printers. You can print anything you want. Uh, Anything? Know, well, Scott has this uh, pass with Trinity Baptist. Maybe you need a new sign. I, oh, I, I'm just, no, I'm just brainstorming. I, no, I, there's a bit of guilt there, but I receive it. Okay, yeah. uh, we have uh, Prera, which is a fine jewelry place, just opened on Tut Street. You may want to look at that for your loved ones, perhaps, yes, Mr. Rick. Scott. Uh, Prera means unique. And exceptional. I was just, you know, that was my next day. What does that mean? And I just, it's unique and exceptional. As you looked at me, I was thinking, he thinks I'm unique and <laughs> exceptional. He is unique and exceptional. And we have Clona Now, which, uh, of course, offers you 24-hour news support. So uh, check them out. We'll be back in a bit with more Scott. Okay, we're back with more Scott Lanigan, the chair of the Central Okanagan Journey Home Society. And uh, is this a volunteer role? I was going to say, it is a volunteer. When you say more of Scott Lanigan, like, I'm not, I, like I, I'm not doubled in size, Rick. It's just, you know, well, I'm listen, the same person here. We all struggle with the treats during the Christmas holidays, you know, don't I, we? Yeah, you know, like the shortbread. Oh, like, the butter. Oh, and my wife has this caramel popcorn recipe out of, out of, the, out of this world. With, now, lard. Let's just talk about lard yeah. and how good it is in cookies and shortbread. I, you know, pretty sure that's maybe a you thing, not a me thing. No, because, it, like, it is. If they cook with lard, it means they love you. Okay, I'll ask my wife about that. Um, I used to be heavier though, Rick. Now, I'm not saying you're heavy set, but I, you know, I used to be, you know, a heavier dude. And so <laughs> I've tried to back off the lard. You struggle with it. I Well, I... I'd, and it's still clearly. I think that's your other podcast, isn't it? Where we talk a little deeper. So, like, uh, you did ask me a question that I forgot, though, off the top. Here. That's okay. Yeah, it'll come back. Okay, so let's. I, I do want to dive back into, if you wouldn't mind, uh, into the journey home, and you talked about wraparound services, and and this is the part that again, I'm I'm just trying to reverse logistics here. You have uh, journey home uh, quarterbacking this this initiative. And, and it's, you know, since 2017, what organizations do you communicate with perhaps quarterly, monthly, 
weekly. I, I, I don't know, but you, you mentioned interior health. I imagine Canadian mental health, um, uh, RCMP, like when, when we start to talk about the different organizations that are, because it, it is so complex. It's, there's a myriad of people that are involved in this space. Uh, journey home is that, you know, I, I would think, uh, part of the hub of, of the homelessness issue. What are some of those other organizations that are intrinsically linked to journey home? Yeah, and, and there's a collective network. So there's the outreach circle that meets weekly, and that's community-centric. And so uh, that is multiple organizations around mental health, from Canadian mental health uh, to uh, very specific uh, uh, organizations that uh, meet that kind of mental health paradigm. Uh, John Howard Society, you know, Kelowna Gospel Mission, all of those different sector-related uh, groups, uh, RCMP, uh, Ministry of Child and Family Development, all those different organizations get together weekly and they just discuss what's coming out, uh, what do we need to be aware of, uh, as well as if there's even missing persons. And so it's a it's a group and, and like Rick in the last six weeks, I get the minutes from those meetings. Uh, there's probably been half a dozen missing persons that have, uh, you know, in this group, they just try and help and discover and go, have we seen this person? They'll they'll pass out information. That's some of that data sharing that that they've been able to kind of accomplish and, and help out in these situations. So there's those type of groups. Then there's obviously the, the provincial bodies, uh, whether it's government, BC housing, uh, that we uh, coordinate with regularly. Then there's Housing First, which is a federal organization. Uh, there is a lived experience circle of homelessness that is our folks locally who uh, have been homeless or have come out of homelessness who are the voice that's actively helping inform uh, our not only our board but different groups and organizations within the town of like hey here's reality you're saying this but this is what it actually looks like or which I, I think is incredibly helpful it, it's one of the pillars of the journey home plan is the lived ex experience uh, voice that is is critical to any type of success there's also um, uh, indigenous partners locally so there's the um, uh, the the health uh, the First Nations Health Authority there is uh, Kelowna Now Society uh, there is so many different organizations that come together that collectively uh, work towards uh, the same objective of helping people uh, get out of homelessness. Let's go back to the the funding and and let's talk a bit about the balance sheet in in as broad terms as you can share. But I mean you're getting this uh, I think it was eighty eight thousand uh, federal government. That's right. So we have that 88000 and then we have some other funding. But if you were to just break down the, the balance sheet, obviously that has to go towards salary because those are paid yeah. workers, that kind of thing. You have three. Yeah. Are they all full-time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you, now you have that aspect. And, and if you were to break down the balance sheet, is it is it mostly towards the staff members or is there other other expenditures that you really need to fulfill with that balance sheet? Yeah, the largest ticket is, uh, the largest funding is from grants that help us accomplish the goals of the, uh, not, not necessarily just Journey Home, but it, it, that we help kind of collaborate with partners in the city as well. So, uh, you know, Okanagan College and Enactus has been, it's a student-led uh, initiative incredible like i like 
if we can just give a shout out to them. They, they're Ky- Kylie Myra yeah. was just on the show and, and uh, just amazing work. Yeah. yeah. So they've done, uh, they took on uh, some work specifically with the lived experience circle and homelessness a number of years ago. And it was transformative what they were able to do. So it's that type of thing where a number of the, uh, the by names list, that was if, if federal government funding. So a lot of that funding is very specific to certain tasks and projects. That is where a larger portion of those dollars, but all specific to our community. And uh, I, I must say, not, not only Nactus, but our lived experience group and journey home because of the work getting accomplished here. And I know for a lot of people, they're like, come on, like I, you know, am I seeing any improvement? You have to understand that we're getting invited to federal organizations, federal homelessness um, conferences because they see what's happening in Kelowna. And it's a profound um, learnings that is actually been uh, across uh, the nation that they're going, hey, there's some things happening in Kelowna of what these groups, how they're working together, how they're making things happen, like even in Actus, as Kylene, I'm sure, talked about, that is getting federal attention. And so uh, that helps us then with, with larger opportunities to get, to get more funding. So, uh, you know, Central Okanagan Foundation, we work with a lot. Uh, we worked with the PAC team, which is the, the bringing together uh, police officers for RCMP and a registered psychiatric nurse. And they come together and they respond. Matter of fact, fact, um, at my business, uh, we had an individual that we'd seen a couple nights and they were having some real uh, difficulty. Uh, and this was about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And uh, we were trying really hard to help them. And it, and it, it seemed to be it wasn't going to be successful. And so one of my employees gave me a call and said, what should I do? I said, hey, call the PAC team. And within 30 minutes, PAC team showed up, said, hey, we know this this gentleman. We're going to get him to a warming center. And and I help them out and we can get them some meds and do those things. And it was like, like what community, like what an amazing resource in our community that uh, we can have the right people show up at the right time because my staff wanted to help. They just didn't know what to do, right? And they're like, well, do we bring them inside for the night? But then do one of us mm-hmm. stay there for the night? And right. they really want to do, but that's not the best response, right? So that's kind of some of the partners we deal with. So it seems to me like, you know, again, when people are trying to understand, because there's so much information when it comes to the space, could we do a better job of, of perhaps uh, communication? Because people in, in a vacuum, they come up with their own ideas and they come up with their own thoughts and, mm-hmm. of you know, here's what we need to do tomorrow about homelessness. And and, and that, that happens around the dinner tables across the yeah. Okanagan of people just kind of saying, well, I think we should go in this direction. So as, as you sit here and, and say unlimited funds, yeah. unlimited resources, staffing, what have you, would you change that much of the current direction or are we limited still by funding and budget and resources? Uh, my first note is that even if the Calgary Flames had unlimited funds, Rick, I'm not sure oh, they would have any so, success. So for those listening, uh, Scott is a diehard Oilers fan. I'm a diehard uh, Calgary Flames fan. So you can imagine the friction that imagine, that happens daily with our friendship. Anyway. You had it on your phone. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, like I, I do think there's always learnings and, and we've learned some things along the way. And I don't think Journey Home's done everything right. I don't think our city's done everything right. And, and we continue to try and strive towards being better. And, and we're only going to be able to do that when our, our community remains committed to 
to accomplishing functional zero, which again, for our, for your listeners, Rick, means that absolute zero means you'll never find anybody on the street, which is impossible. Functional means that if somebody is at risk of homeless or homeless, or they come into our community, we can direct them to the proper resources, wraparound supports that they need, so they can either be housed or go into recovery, uh, or I understand where the food bank is, et cetera. That's functional zero. So functionally, uh, there's no one that really needs to be homeless, knowing that there's always gonna be some people that choose to be, but that's the goal of our community, and that's where we're all moving towards and so if we had unlimited funds there's so many different things we could absolutely we could if, if you know if we had unlimited funds we still need land to build housing <laughs> that that would be an issue in our community so we we could get creative if there's camps or different things that we could use i think yes that the funding isn't the only piece it's the viability of of success for you know where do we put this housing initiative also it's it's a collective effort you know like there's communities around the world that have said hey any new um uh, building that is more than x floors uh, needs to have a percentage of uh low income housing uh you know or Mm -hmm. or you know those type of things like we could put some of those policies in place in our in our city to say hey here's a requirement that we're actually going to help this and it's not just for those people down the street but it's like a step program every time you provide one step up of, of housing for individuals, it takes people that are at, people that are at that lower step up a step, and it opens up more opportunities for people to come off the street and get into the other housing. So it's all kind of works together in a step process of, of how to get people off the street and provide housing. And so uh, that would be one of the greatest things we could do in this in this community is is I think that would allow us to be much more creative about how we respond to solutions and how we do it. I think if you had uh, proper funding, you could. Uh, move a number of organizations uh, forward to work better collectively because then you could you could be really streamlined in in uh, encouraging organizations to be hey you're really great at recovery we're going to really help fund that you're really great at housing we're going to help fund that now we don't have to be duplicitous trying to all do the same type of things rather we could be really intentional moving beyond so i think uh, that would be where we would love to move towards. At the same token, you know, I think we're still going to learn some stuff as Journey Home. And this is the first time we've done something like this in our community. So, of course, we're not going to get it right. And uh, we're always open to, to discussions and conversations and, and hearing, you know, how people might have ideas of, of what other things we can accomplish. And your first question was, are we volunteers? Yes, all of us are volunteers uh, that are on the board. <laughs> So we've had different people on, on the show talking about um, what's most important in their eyes, in their space, in their category of, of what's the best thing for somebody living on the street. And some people say, no, it's, it's wraparound services. You get them better, then you put a roof over their heads. Um, other people say, no, no, it's, it's shelter. It's a home first. Then you have the ability to, to get better. In, in your eyes, through your experience, through, and again, you've, you've, talked with countless people, lived experience, everything else. What is, in your view, what is better? Is it get them better, then get them housed? Or is it get them housed, then get them better? You know, uh, you're not going to like my answer. It's a both end. I, I think everyone needs a house. And, and that everybody needs a home. And, and that's my first uh, wish for anyone in our community is that it, we need to be able to have an opportunity to go, hey, here's a place for you to stay. And I say that because if you have the if you have enough houses with, you know, multiple um, priorities. So this house might be the wraparound supports. This one might be kind of low barrier. This one might be high barrier. This one might be 
um, you know, drug uh, and alcohol-free, whatever. But if you have that kind of portfolio in your community, then that's why it's a both end. Then you can put the right person in the right spot rather than trying to make a fit or try and kind of wedge something in. And Cookie so, cutter. Yeah, that's right. So to me, I think it's just a broad spectrum of housing opportunities for individuals so we can put the right people in the right places and um, give people a home because as soon as you have that home now you know we can't forget if I've lived on the street for 15 years and now you give me a house woohoo we got you a house well there's I've learned I've have a learned way of life for 15 years to try and adapt to something that like that that's going to take a while and that's why it's not as simple as hey just a house there, there really needs to be a spectrum just to kind of walk alongside individuals and get them in that spot so uh, I believe everyone deserves a home do you have you read or or see much with the uh, Marshall Smith from Alberta and some of the work he's doing with the Alberta government? In I regards? have not actually. Okay, so uh, uh, there's you know the interesting thing about some of these people that have have risen in the media is they lived on the streets and and they have that lived experience model of of saying no no you know you you can't do it this way you have to do yeah. it this way and and this actually creates more opportunities to to delve deeper into uh, addictions. You know, they, they have that experience. And it's, it's I, I find it uh, incredibly insightful, and, and I keep going back to this, of having those people, those key people part of the planning and, and, and really organizing um, for Journey Home, of saying, listen, here's actually what works. Here's what I'm going through. So would you say that that's, that's really been part of the blueprint and the DNA of Journey Home is, is really use, utilizing that education that's coming from people on the street? Absolutely. That is primary to understanding. And, and I think it's, it's, uh, it has to be an intentional effort that's consistently um, viewed and consistently taken up. And, you know, we just met with our lived experience circle on homelessness over the course of... Um, the last kind of two months. And and we, we, we had to be reminded again by this group of like, hey, don't forget our voice. Don't don't forget what, what we understand and what we know. Uh, make sure that you're wary of, of how you talk and what you say because there's triggering events sometimes that even though I'm, you know, some of them might've been on the street for five, 10, 15 years, uh, there's memories that that are still pretty fresh wounds of kind of how they ended up where they are, and they're still kind of working through it, if you will. And and you know, one of the things that's difficult for uh, the lived experience friends are, you know, how their funding comes and how it's so stringent of how they can lose funding or gain funding, or whether it's on disability or pensions uh, because of that history. And you know, I think they're constantly reminded of of who they were, not who they are. And I don't think any of us like being reminded of that. And so I think speaking with them again, it was just a good refresher going, oh yeah, we have to help them understand who they are today, not who they were, but use that of that experience to inform us moving forward. So I think that is abundantly critical to any type of success in any community. What And, and just as a final thought, do you know what the, the cost of somebody living on the street is? And I've heard different uh, numbers, 34,000, 37,000 with first responders and and the various uh, wraparound supports it takes to 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 deal with somebody on the street do you have kind of that number in your head i don't have that number in my head i would be happy to see if i can get that number for you rick because i'm sure there's some people within 
you know, our purview here at Journey Home that would be able to give a, a, a probably a right size assessment of that. And um, I, I think it would be really good to know. Okay. Scott Lanigan, uh, chair of the uh, Journey Home Society. And, and you know what? A good friend. Oh, that just, that gave me zingers. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Scott, for sharing your insight and uh, good luck with thanks, Journey sir. Home.